But I'm sure, you know, super easy. There's no wrong answers. Actually, that's not true. There's totally okay. wrong answers. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. Bienvenidos al episodio 202 de Unscripted. Aquí están tus anfitriones, Bill Petrie y el capitán de 5 de mayo, Kirby Haseman. And buenos dias, everybody. That is episode number 202 of Unscripted. I am your host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, for you non-Spanish-speaking people, the captain of Cinco de Mayo, Kirby Hossman. Kirby, hey, how the hell are you? Man, I am super excited. Like, I, I don't know that I was in a great mood until I heard that intro. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know that I'm editing another clip to begin that. That's, that's really might, good. Yeah, start. you might just have to leave it at that. You might yeah, have to leave really it at good. that. Things yeah. going well? Things are going well, uh, trying to keep up with everything. It's one of those where we've gone from nothing to really busy again, and I like that. So that's really good. So how are you, man? Good. Just uh, rolling along, getting things going. And, uh, you know, ready to, uh, ready for summer. And if you want, you want to know why I'm ready for summer? Why is that, Bill? Thank you for asking, Kirby. I'm ready for t-shirt weather because, you know, we're sponsored today by our good pals over at Next Level Apparel. And it wasn't about reinventing the wheel. It was about revolutionizing it. So in 2020, Next Level Apparel has transformed the industry's tubular tee by combining art and science to create the 1800 unisex ideal heavyweight tee. And I know how much you love love those soft fabrics used by next level i do i do i'd love any kind of uh at this point it's funny i've become a snob about t-shirts i never thought i would say that but i am mm -hmm. one of those people that if somebody tries to hand me a t-shirt and it's not one of those soft t-shirts i'm like no i'm good thanks and uh yeah i've become a, so a snob about it because of the uh, shirts like the next level has they're totally tubular Totally get it. You know, their vision was to create a tubular tee that offers an elevated fit made of soft fabric and everyday function inspired by streetwear, skatewear, surfwear, and workwear. Every cut, every thread, every person has come together in the organization to make this durable heavyweight cotton tee the new benchmark and streetwear fit and workwear function. You don't want to miss out on this tee. So head over to nextlevelapparel.com. You won't be sorry you did. Now, Kirby, thank you for having the courage to do this podcast post Cinco de Mayo with me. Yep. Do you want me to start off with the topic or do you want to go? Um, I'll go. I'll okay. go. So, you know, it's, I, I've actually just struggled a bit here lately to come up with topics. And I think it's because, you know, the idea that essentially during this time with COVID-19, it's like there's not as many news stories around and they're all related to that. Um, but one of the things I, I've seen a, um, a rise in, and I think you've seen it too, is mm -hmm. sort of the self-proclaimed expert phenomenon. Like everybody suddenly is an expert about medical yeah. policy. And so <laughs> I, I actually came across um, a, a study. I mean, call me crazy. It's a study as right. opposed to a random blog post. And it talked about self-proclaimed experts becoming a big problem. And yeah. it said self-proclaimed expertise often is accompanied by an appalling lack of knowledge. <laughs> in, two, in a 2015 poll, this is amazing. He cited, uh, he revealed a partisan split over the question of bombing Agrabah. 30% of Republicans in, were in support 
and 36% of Democrats opposed. The problem, of course, is Agrabah is a fictional setting for the Disney animated film Aladdin, right? <laughs> so half the people interviewed had a very, very strong opinion yeah. about bombing a cartoon. So yeah. I think it speaks to the idea that suddenly everybody is a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And it is making me crazy. Well, we talked about it before. You know, one of the, uh, a lot of times a person's greatest strength also happens to be kind of their greatest weakness. And, and I view social media the same way. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest, one of the greatest strengths of social media is the ability to connect people. Mm. One of the greatest weaknesses of social media is the ability to connect morons to people <laughs> and it gives everybody a voice. And, and that's a, generally that's a good thing. But the, the problem I have with a lot of the social media experts is they hide behind relative anonymity. Mm. You can throw out your um, very hot sports opinions on anything and have a reasonable amount of anonymity or uh, if you get a lot of blowback, oh, I was just kidding or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's amazing to me, you know, in the world we live in, it's the same uh, experts who absolutely knew what we need to do with the economy six months ago, absolutely understand exactly how we need to handle uh, COVID-19. Yeah. Well, and again, I think what you found is there's this kind of weird perfect storm where folks who have that bent, like that believe in conspiracy theories, and I'll be the first to tell you, I don't. I don't know seven people who can keep a secret, so I certainly don't think a country is. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but it it gives folks who do have that bent all the time in the world to think about it and, and like cogitate on it. And I think the problem that I've seen is I've seen several pieces of content that are extremely well produced during a specific time. They are playing to the fear. Like if you've ever had a thought like that in your head, then all of a sudden it's like, see, I told you. And that is making me nuts. Yeah. Well, and and the thing is with conspiracy theorists, whenever you have a conversation with them and try to combat it, it's like, well, you just don't understand. You know, you have another research I have. There's always some sort of weird Teflon comment. Mm-hmm. So you can't ever really turn them around. Like, you know, again, we've, I think we've touched on this before. I grew up in Dallas. So, and my birthday is the day before the anniversary of the Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. So I spent a measurable portion of my youth figuring out, um, figuring out, trying to, you know, figure out the case, right? Who did it? Did Harvey, Lee Harvey Oswald act alone? Is there a conspiracy? And I went through my whole years of conspiracy theories and all that. And it, it's, we're in the same boat. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm just rambling at this point. Trying no, to I, again, it's one of those things, but it's, it, it's actually a struggle I'm having right now in the interest of transparency, Bill, with coming up with topics. Yeah. Because where do I normally go for topics? Mm-hmm. LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Facebook. Promotional Facebook. product professional yeah. page. Dude, Facebook is almost un I can't watch it anymore yeah. because literally every post is the same post because original thinkers have shared the exact same post as all their friends and, and it and they're all conspiracy theories and they're all about how everybody's trying out to get them and dude it's a tough time I get it but good lord man yeah it's focus a on something a else down. oh okay. no question it's a beat down that's a good good topic I mean again there's conspiracy theories and, and just real quick like about you know COVID-19 and all this like is a government plot I mean come on really whatever yep because Uh, because italy iran china korea all of those folks i mean they work together on a regular basis 
So yeah. sure, why wouldn't they do that to yeah. uh, for the worse, you know, the, the, the betterment of their own yeah. views? It's just silliness. Let's let's focus on something a little more positive, shall we? Yes, L. Please. Kirby. Yes, please. All right. So um, PPEF, the Promotional Products Education Fund, mm-hmm. which we've talked about before, is on track to award 161 scholarships in May. And that's such wow. great news. Um, the executive committee had discussed changes um, to see if, you know, with, the, with the, the current climate we're in, but they decided to go ahead and adhere to the original plan. They are going to send out 200 and 76,000, over $276,000 in scholarships to 161 uh, recipients, which to me is just puts a huge smile on my face. I think that's, that's amazing. amazing. Well, it's, a, it's amazing. And it's one of those things that does remind you of the good we can do, right? When we yeah. sort of do work together to try and create some level of positivity. And mm-hmm. what I love about PPEF is, you know, is that it gives us a place where we're like, okay, we want to do something good, right? Right. And we right. want to donate to this or that. But I think so many times you're like, you can become um, paralyzed by choice. Right. And when it is uh, kind of given to you and go, hey, this is a place where you can make a difference in our industry for people that you know and their kids or whatever. Yeah. I love that they have kind of given a target to folks who want to be do some good in the world. And so that's yeah. really, really cool. It, it really is. And I, I, when I read that, I was like, wow, that is something, I know it'll be a brief topic, but I think it's something we should touch on. Totally so I've now, t- I've now touched on it. Love so now it. we can move right on. Okay, I've got another one that is uh, another topic. I want to redefine being an optimist. Okay, redefine. <laughs> Being an optimist. Okay. So, so the reason is I've actually really always struggled. I think people tend to view me, um, especially through the lens of the content I create as an optimist. Mm -hmm. And I struggle with that definition of myself. And I think it's because I don't, in my mind, the definition of an optimist is who always sees the best in everything. Mm -hmm. And that's not who I am. Right. Like I, that is definitely not who I am. I think people who know me best and you know me very, very well mm-hmm. know that I struggle and that I'm negative sometimes and that I'm, and so I think that I struggle with that kind of rainbows and sunshine definition of being an optimist. And so I was thinking about it through the lens of this project we're working on over at the building. So mm-hmm. we've hired some flooring guys to yep. refinish the hardwood floors on the second <clears throat> floor. They did a room and they left and went MIA for about two weeks. I don't know. And it was maddening during that process, but it all happened during this time, this this Mm -hmm. COVID-19 time where everything was shut down, our business had slowed down, whatever. And so Amy and I talked about it and through the frustration, we said, okay, we're going to double down. The girls are going to come paint. I'm going to come paint. We're going to take this weird thing Mm -hmm. and try and make the best of it. So I'm talking to uh, the guy who sells me paint because we were um, going back and getting a lot of paint over and over. And he said to me, he said, well, this flooring thing that you were frustrated with, it really, it was, it was really for the best. And I was like, no, 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 it wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't for the best. (laughs) The best would have been that they finished the floor. Oh yeah. (laughs) But, but I scoped it in a way that, or explained it in a way that's like, because they had done this, we were doing this. And so 
I say all of that to go to this, my new definition of being an optimist. Here we go, everybody. Everybody get your pens and papers right. ready. A hundred percent is seeing the world exactly as it is. Okay. And understanding the realities, the, the good, the bad, the pitfalls, all of that. And then understanding that I have, my optimistic nature is that I have the ability to work with the reality that I'm in and make it better. That's okay. my new definition of an optimist. You're wrong. Um, no, actually, you're not. I, I think <laughs> I, I think you're more. I think what you see, uh, a lot of people see me. So, okay, a lot of people view you as an optimist, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think we're all complex beings. A lot of people, of I think, wrongly look at me as kind of someone who can be a little cynical and maybe even a little negative at times. Whereas. I would tell you, I think that's completely the opposite of really my, my view outlook. I'm a realist. I'm very much a realist. I can assess the situation, see the pros and the cons. I might bitch about the cons, but I'll always gravitate toward the pros. I think you're very much the same way. I just have to be a little more vocal about the negative, negative part of it. <laughs> what I liked about your definition of optimism is that's exactly what it was. It's realism. It's understanding what a situation brings to you and choosing the positive. Right. Because it choosing is a choice. I think Absolutely I, it is. I, and I think the negative is just more funny. <laughs> sometimes but one of the things that i that i've struggled with is i know that younger especially i was definitely not like right. my bosses when i was 22 23 would not tell you i was an optimist oh I yeah. really hard on my mindset to get there mm-hmm. and it is it's the idea that i i think people look at me and then it's almost an excuse i guess yeah when they say well but you you're an optimist you see the best in everything yeah. no no, I don't. Well, I see I, the reality in everything, and then I choose which direction to affect it if I can. And, and see, I'm the same way now. Growing up, I, growing up, I was extraordinarily. Um, I always found the the uh, cloud in every silver lining. Right. Well, and I think that's the teenager in all of us, right? I, I, maybe I don't yeah. know. I mean, I think I was really wired that way from a young, young, young age, and I had to really retrain my brain. And I don't think I did it till I was about 35 or 40 to really take a much more optimistic view of things. I'll still joke about the negative because I do think the negative tends to have more comedy just inherently laden into it. Mm-hmm. But it's a choice. And we're all dealt very shitty hands from time to time where it's you lose a job, you're getting a car wreck, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's a choice of how you handle those things. Yeah. And a, a true... Uh, you see, and, and we know people who are optimistic to the point of nausea, you know, it makes you nauseous. Yeah. They're so right. positive. I can't stand those people any more than I can stand people who are just completely on the other side of the pendulum who are negative because they don't live in what I call reality. It's, you know, being a realist. They don't look at a situation and see, look, there, there's choices here and it may not be ideal, but there are more there that you can, you can shift a situation more positive than you would negative if you work at it. Yeah, it's funny. When you were describing that, I had a thought. You're saying those people who are so nauseatingly positive are one side, and those who are negative all the live long day on the other. You know what both of them have in common? What's that? Neither of them are action oriented. No, that's no, what that, I think that's what bugs yeah. me and bugs you is like, yes. when, when people talk about just thinking positive thoughts, and it will make make your life better. No, it won't. It's a start. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm then you doer. have to act. You have yeah, to I'm a doer. Yeah. To me, um, someone told me one time, a long time ago, and it's you know you just run into people across your life. I don't remember who told. I remember who told me this, but I don't remember his name. And there's certain things people say that just stick with you. Sure. 
Bill, there are doers and there are non-doers in the world. You are a doer. And I'm like, okay, I, I can you. live with that. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> he's right. He was right. All right. You know what else is right, Kirby? What's that, Bill? <laughs> yeah, good friends over at Tervis, who are our secondary sponsor today, our good pals over at Tervis. We love them. We do. You know, last week we talked about that classic line, that clad, you know, 1946. We all know what that classic 16-ounce service tumbler wow. looks like. But today, Kirby, excuse me while I get a drink. And I bet it's icy. Oh, that is refreshing. It, oh, it's, it's, it's like drinking fresh, uh, fresh melted snow off of a polar ice cap, Kirby. <laughs> We're going to talk about that stainless line today from Tervis. You know, they added it to their well-established line, which we just referenced about two years ago. Um, with the goal of being better than the competition by utilizing state-of-the-art custom 360-degree printing. And if you're watching our little video about this, you can see that state-of-the-art printing all the way around. That's 360 degrees, not 361, not 359. And they have all manners of sizes. They have the 12-ounce, 24-ounce, the 24-ounce water bottle, and my favorite, the 30-ounce, because it gives me a big drink that I can sip on all morning and stay hydrated. It stays cold for a billion hours. Okay, 24. <laughs> it stays cold for 24 hours, hot for eight, vacuum insulated, copper lined, and it's got a five-year warranty. You really can't go wrong with a Tervis Tumblr. It's a name brand that people love and trust. So if you're interested in learning more, head over to TervisPromos.com. Kirby, they'd be sorry they did? They will not be sorry they did. All right, Kirby. So one of the things I want to talk about was the advertising we are seeing during the pandemic. Okay. I, wrote, I, yes. wrote a face, I wrote a Facebook post uh, the other day. And I wrote a blog about it. So yeah, you did. we're, we're you on did. Um, And I was watching TV with my family and it struck me that every commercial started off with, now more than ever, everything <laughs> is important to you. And because it's important to you, it's important to us because... We're going to get through this together. Your, your announcer voice has a hint of Trump. What? Really? Yeah, a little bit. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> wow. All right. So I, I understand the struggle of advertisers of lending enough gravitas in messaging while making sure they, their brand stays uh, in front of people. But some of this stuff is really silly to me. Like I saw a K jeweler ad you know now more than ever to show your the mother of your children love like yeah what better way to commemorate a pandemic than a diamond and you know <laughs> burger king you might not be thinking of us but we're thinking of you super like, creepy you, yeah that's have you seen that one <laughs> yes yeah I, I i'm pretty sure that the, the folks who are flipping the whoppers over there don't give two shits about me as long as i keep spending money there they keep a job which is fine yeah but it's just weird and creepy but now more than ever. Um, so where's the line there? How do we, how do we, I know how we're doing it, you know, and I'll, I'll share, you know, cause we have the same problem in our industry. How do you stay top of mind? How do you advertise without being overly salesy? Sure. Cause people aren't buying things like they normally would. Mm -hmm. And it's a delicate balance. And, and so I, I look at these national advertisers and, and man, I get that it's a struggle, but how about an original idea? Yeah, well, it's actually, it's funny that you say that because the one that always strikes me and it's, it's been many, many places, but I swear it's both Papa John's and Domino's. I've seen yeah. them both say this, um, that we never touch your pizza. We, once it leaves the oven, no one touches your pizza, but you, I'm like, is that new? 
No, they've Please always done that. that's not new. No, they, they <laughs> use a piece of peel to pull off the conveyor belt oven. They slap it in a box. They put it in a hot bag and shove it in a car. And they drive the 1976 AMC Pacer to your house and throw it on your doorstep. Yeah, it's just funny to me that nobody, like the idea that somehow dirt now more than ever, yeah. we're yeah. not eating the pepperonis off your pizza. It's <laughs> just the, the whole thing, I, I, again, I get that they need to pivot their messaging. And, but I, I, I mean, and then maybe this is the cynical part of me, right? I don't believe that Burger King really cares very much about me and my actual problems and my family's problems and all that. And it just, when they, when they try to relate like that, like we're all in this together. No, yeah, we're not. Me. We're yeah. not all in this together. We're all, you know, I, I wrote about it and I stole from somebody yeah. else. So it's not my original thought, but we might all be in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. That's right. for sure. Cause some people have jobs. Some people don't. Some people are independently wealthy. Some people aren't. Some people, you know, yeah. and, and, and so. Well, and I guess back to your original question, um, because it is funny, like in, in I like most people I'm watching a little bit more TV um, and it is tiresome when like the, they're the same ads, the folks who have decided to run are running. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it is one of those, they all, not only are they the same ads that you're seeing over and over again, which is fine. They all sound like the same ads. So I yeah. agree with that. Um, but back to your question about how do we manage that? Like for, for us, you know, for probably three weeks, I would say, and again, I've, it's all a blur. <laughs> We weren't. We were not going to our uh, our clients and asking for sales. We just weren't. Right. Um, what we had kind of decided to do, and I think we talked a little bit about this before, is we were like, okay, we're going to create content that tries to meet people where they are, uh, productive ways to work from home and do, you yeah. know, all that sort of thing. Now, I will say that we have shifted that partially yeah. out of necessity, but quite frankly, the real reason is that I have found a way that I can feel good in my heart going to market and selling yeah. something. I actually think, and I was talking to Mark Graham about this the other day. I think that we as an industry are uniquely suited to solve the mask problem. Yes, we are. And, and I think people mean? are seeing the value of our industry more than ever. Yeah. Becoming and, aware of our industry more than ever. Absolutely. And, and, and my pitch, it was funny. I, I, I told my team about three weeks ago, I started saying pretty loudly that A, masks are going to become the new normal. And B, yeah. if that's the case, then we might as well do branded ones. Mm -hmm. might as well it's a branding opportunity all that sort of thing and about you know two weeks in i started to look like nostradamus because all of a sudden right. the people we were talking to three weeks ago about it were like no 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 and then they started coming to us yeah um and i i think we have an opportunity almost a mission from my perspective to help people solve that problem and so yeah. that has allowed me to go to market with a very mm -hmm. clear conscience yeah. Well, and I think what you, I think the best way to look at the advertising, because I've talked to people who are struggling with it. What do I, how do I, how do I advertise? I think if you kind of step back and say, okay, a year after this pandemic ends, so a full year after it ends, you want to be able to look back at how you acted, what you did, what your messaging was during that pandemic oh, yeah. and be able to be very proud of what you've done. Yep. Um, and so that's why I think a lot of the advertisers are taking the safe route. They're taking that very, you know, we're all in this together now more than ever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you have to balance that out with taking some risks too, being bold with your messaging. I think it's okay, you know, for a, a Burger King to say things like, we're scared just like you are. And we're taking every precaution 
just like you are. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to cook, we're here for you. I, to me, that's a more honest message of, you might not be thinking about us, but we're thinking about you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Come on. I mean, I'd rather just say, hey, you know, we are, you know, honestly, I, people who are in the restaurant and service industry, they're frontline workers right now. Yeah. It's not just doctors and nurses. I mean, it's the second tier of that group. Of course. But the grocery store clerks and all that, that that's not easy stuff to be to do. And I think when you talk about openly about your, you know, we talk about transparency, you'd be transparent about, hey, we're doing this because. It, it, we all, you guys rely on it. So do we, our families rely on it too. Yeah. I don't know. No, I like it. And, and I think again, the, uh, what you just said is really good. And I, I think it's funny, something I've subconsciously focused on. It's the reason that for several weeks that we weren't out there selling, I'm like, I want to provide as much value and feel good about it. Yep. And, and I, again, it's funny. I was talking to the folks from showdown because on a unscripted one day, you were like, what can you sell? And I was like, hand yeah. sanitizers, masks, yeah. and signage, right? That's what I was doing to go to market. And I feel yeah. it's weeks later, things you and I've talked about it. We're a little busier than we have been, which yeah. is exciting. Yeah. But I still feel good about how we're going to market. And so yeah. I, I think that's a great litmus test though. Um, awesome. Do you want to go another one? Or are you ready to move on? I'll make it a you. quick one. Quick okay. one. Um, so you recently got a haircut, as everyone can tell. I and did. so I did. I <laughs> And you look great. Woo! Haircut. <laughs> so what was it like to get a little tiny piece of normal back? Talk about that. Um, so uh, I actually got a little blowback from a couple people saying, man, I can't believe you did that. You know, we're still in the middle of this thing. And like, okay, whatever. You mean the people who are suddenly medical experts? Yeah. Yeah. These are the same people who failed high school uh, science class. Um, anyway, so uh, the salons in barbershops opened up here in Tennessee in most areas um, on Wednesday uh, the 6th. Yeah. And by the way, just real quickly, yeah. my guess is whoever said that in their area, the salons mm -hmm. haven't opened because let me just tell you, the yeah. moment they happen in Ohio, oh yeah, everyone is going. <laughs> um. So, That's why I'm uh, asking. I'm jealous. Yeah. No. So I, I, well, and here's the thing. So I, I, the, the lady who cuts my hair, I've known her nine years since we've moved here. She's done it. And so she let me know that they'd gotten the clearance to open up that I want slots. I took slots for me and the kids. Drew had to work and couldn't go, but then she got a haircut too. Um, all sorts of protocol. Things are a little bit different. She had to wear a mask. I didn't. Um, they wouldn't, use the reusable little uh, cape they put on me normally i had she, she used a trash bag all right but i got my hair cut <laughs> and i i actually you know i struggle with it because i I've, I've less on top than i think um and i like the sides i kind of like the length to be honest with you but i didn't want to go full phil collins studio <laughs> so i went ahead and uh and got it cropped off like i normally do and it feels great honestly i feel like the weight of the world's off my shoulders that's awesome so a little bit of normalcy i just was i was rooting oh for yeah it. when i saw it i was like good for you brother <laughs> uh it felt just wonderful wonderful cool all right kirby now we're at the time of this podcast where we talk about our promo person of the week dedicated right. to highlight Ooh. the one person who's really getting our attention and uh i have someone here who i'm a big fan of she's a friend but um, she, what she does sometimes is unheralded. So I'm here to herald. Herald. Or heralding. Um, Kate Maswitch, the marketing director at Common Skew. Uh, when people think of Common Skew, they think of Mark Cram, they think of Bobby Lehew, they think of David Schultz, they think of uh, Sam Cates and Catherine Cram and 
all wonderful people. One of the real unsung heroes there is Kate Macewich, who runs a lot of their events mm-hmm. and also has done a great job with their Common Skew Social Hour, their Community Social Hour, which they do every Wednesday at 4 o'clock uh, p.m. Uh, Eastern time. And she does such a great job moderating that, corralling 80 people, moving them from one room to another. And she does it with a smile. Every time I've seen Kate, and, and I've known Kate probably pretty well for about four or five years, I've never not seen her with a smile. She's human like the rest of us. She has bad days like the rest of us. But she does things with a smile. And I absolutely appreciate what she does and what she brings to Comscue. Oh man, that's a good one. Um, and, and you're exactly right. So, you know, much of what I know about Kate, it's certainly through Common Skew since I'm a, a user, uh, but yep. the, the events is where I get to see, I feel like her shine, uh, her putting it together. And let me just tell you, you think I, I'm sure moving people through the Zoom meetings and all that sort of thing is hard. Moving me after a couple cocktails into the right room is even right. harder. And right. so she does a great job. And like you said, she does it with a smile. That's a great choice. Oh, awesome. She's great. She's great. All right, Kirby. All right. Dealer's choice. What are we dealing with today? Okay. So you are in our dealer's choice. You are a self-proclaimed music lover and sort yep. of music expert in some way. And so um, I want to do a fill in the blank. Okay. And a fill in the blank with lyrics. Okay. So I'm going to give you the first and then your job is to fill in the, the next lyrics that come along. It's pretty, these are pretty easy ones because, of course, they're mine uh, and not as extensive as all of your music knowledge. But I'm sure, you know, super easy. There's no wrong answers. Actually, that's not true. There's totally okay. wrong answers. All right. So I'm just, supposed to fi- I'm just supposed to give the next lyric. That's right. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll start with an easy one from Jimmy Buffett. Changes in latitudes... Changes in attitudes. Can I do it in a DJ voice? Yes, absolutely. That's perfect. All Great right. job. Great job. Yep. Crisscross will make you applesauce. <laughs> jump, jump. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've got our first wrong one. Yeah, so... bro- wrong. <laughs> Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. <laughs> Never going to turn come around, hurt you. Very good, very good. Never gonna tell you why, never gonna say goodbye. Very good, I wanna write down when that is, it's 9.32. Okay, so uh, who let the dogs out? Whoop, 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 whoop. (laughs) Who, 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 five times, who. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) I've got a peaceful, easy feeling and I won't let you down. Because I've already, it's, it's Eagles. Um, yep. Because I've already fallen on the ground, something like that. Because I'm already standing on, on the, the ground. ground. There you go, close there enough. There you go, there you go. All right, ready? Final one. Ready? Yeah. yeah. All right, stop. Hammer time. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's Collaborate and Listen by Ice Ice Baby. Um, hey, stop, hammer time. <laughs> hey. no, no, my, my game, my rules. It's ice wow! Ice, wow! <laughs> so angry! So angry! A little you know, dose of Bill Petrie message back to you. Hey, You're you know, there's, welcome. There's no reason. Unball- <laughs> let's just all just just relax. Just relax. You know That's what else helps me relax, you. Kirby? What's I'm up, glad. Bro? Your good pals over Next Level Apparel. You know they got that twenty uh, eighteen hundred unisex ideal heavyweight tee. 
Every cut, every cut, every thread, every person came together to make this durable heavyweight cotton tee the new benchmark in streetwear fit and workwear function. If you don't want to miss out on this tee, Kirby, you got to head over to nextlevelapparel.com. You're not going to be sorry that you did. Kirby, as always, enjoy doing Unscripted with you. I look forward to the next opportunity. Buenos dias. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.